0: Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. I'm Steve Kramer of Kramer Basketball. And in this episode, Coach Troshak picks my brain on ball handling. We cover the five main uses of handling the basketball in a game. We talk about the five biggest mistakes that players make when dribbling the basketball, as well as the two main moves that you need if you want to get by your defender. We cover all that and much more this is episode you're going to want to get into and take some notes on. Let's get after it. Coach Tro, welcome back to the Coach's Edge podcast. How are you doing this morning?
1: Doing great. Um, looking forward to diving in this topic, um, learning from you, and also you know sharing with uh, coaches and players out there today. It's going to be a good one.
0: Yeah, I know ball handling is always uh, a hot topic, and I hope that I can share some of my thoughts on some of the, the positives and the negatives that we can do uh, to improve as coaches and players.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a hot topic. Um, I was just actually reading a thread last night um, on Twitter and it was talking about offensive philosophies. And I was just surprised how many coaches their philosophy is just attack, attack, attack. Um, ball handling is or, or attacking is their number one skill that they emphasize Uh, They had a, they ranked like passing, attacking, screening, and screening was like the last. Everyone's looking to attack. Everyone's looking to get in the paint, um, penetrate, kick out. So being able to, you know, attack off the dribble is just the the way that the game is trending right now. It's a huge, huge asset. So um, might as well just dive in because it's important and let's let's get to it. Um, With attacking, I know that you have kind of some rules for dribbling. Um, so, can you explain that to the listeners out there? Why, why should they dribble the ball? Why should a player dribble the basketball?
0: So, you know, get back to your why, right? What, what's the why? People have written books about it. It's the most common question. My, my daughter asked me why, right? Purpose, <laughs> right? We come back to what's, what's the purpose. So, I think that if we understand as coaches and players the purpose of why we should be handling the basketball, then all, all the other things can come into place. So five purposes of handling the basketball in a game. The first purpose is super simple. It's we need to advance the basketball up the court. We can do that with the dribble or we can do that with the pass. Right. So so that's one. Um, The second thing that we can utilize the dribble for is to improve spacing and passing angle. Okay. So um, if I have the basketball more sort of the the top of the key or the slots, I have a teammate in the post, can be a tough post feed from that spot. So I might dribble one or two hard dribbles towards the baseline and then throw the pass in. I'm a point guard setting up my offense. It could be as simple as getting the basketball to a certain spot before I set up our team's offense. Those are you know, common things that we need to be able to do with the dribble. Um, another key piece of what we use the dribble for is being able to draw fouls. Right, you talked about attacking so much, using the dribble to draw fouls, get the put pressure on the opponent, and get them in trouble. That's one of the most uh, common ways that we draw fouls in the game is using the dribble. I mean, you're rarely ever going to see a team get in foul trouble when they play against a team that doesn't attack, that that doesn't dribble the basketball. You got to be able to do it. Your fourth main reason. For handling the basketball is escaping pressure. Okay, escaping pressure. You want to be able to back dribble at times. You want to be able to the, There's a double team coming. You want to be able to get out of trouble there. Uh, I know many teams where there's a couple primary ball handlers on the team, and so the, the coach would say, "Okay, you guys are handling the pressure, and everybody else just kind of kind of be in certain spots. And it, if you need them, you know where they're going to be at. Um, handle the rock, stay out of trouble." You can, it could be as simple as avoiding a five-second call in a game, but we need to use the dribble to make sure that we can escape some pressure. And then your fifth reason is to create scoring opportunities, create scoring opportunities for yourself, to create scoring opportunities for others. And as you mentioned with the coaches on the, the thread that you were reading, being able to attack people off the bounce is one of the very best ways to create scoring opportunities for yourself, on multiple defenders, share the sugar, and help somebody else score the basketball easier. So if we can understand those, those five reasons for handling the basketball, advance it, improve uh, spacing and passing angles, draw fouls, escape pressure, and create scoring opportunities. If we're not doing though, any of those five things, now we can try to cut those out. And that's where a lot of coaches also get frustrated, the extra dribble. Why, why are we dribbling too much? If we're not answering one of those uh, five questions, now, okay, let's go on the game film. Let's check that out. Let's, let's get rid of all these extra because that is the type of ball handling that slows and clogs up a team's offense.
1: No, I love that you simplified it to five things. And you mentioned watching film or just even in practice, you know, why did you dribble there? And if they can't answer it with one of those, those reasons, those five reasons um, to move the basketball, then, well, then they probably shouldn't have dribbled. And, you know, that leads to, you know, mistakes um, dribbling the basketball because, yeah, you limited it to five things, but those, they're a little more complex than just that. So what are some mistakes that players make um, when they're dribbling the basketball in a game?
0: So I love that question because we've we've explained the the why the purpose now we, we're getting into a little bit of the how right how can we do things do things better which is good so um, something that we need to do more often and I think this is um, an issue of maybe some of the old school I know when I was growing up going to basketball camps this is a thing I was always taught was dribble the basketball really really low dribble it really really low do the the little spider drill on the low figure eight drill looks really cool right I know you were sending me some videos last week of of some people uh doing it and that doesn't happen in the game body low ball high when the ball gets up to around our hips that's what I call dribble triple threat we can get behind it and pass we can get behind it and run with it we can easily get it up off the dribble from there and shoot it and dribbling the basketball really really low has a few benefits. Like there may be a few times where we need to really protect or, or get out of trouble, but for the most part, when you watch a basketball game, that basketball is coming up nice and high. So that's a common mistake that I see among basketball players. And when I say that, I'm talking about generally high school level and and below. The second mistake that a lot of players make is their footwork, how they try to attack um, when most players attack, they really step out too far. And I think that's something that we're taught, like take a big first step, take a big first step. Coach, you, you teach physical education. You know that if I'm in a position and I really try to step out far, that is not a stance or a position that makes me want to take another step. It's more of a stop position. My heel goes in, it starts to stand my, my knee up, my leg goes up into my hip. It's more of a, a walking upright position. That's not how we attack. That's not how we drive. So getting kids to understand it's not so much about extending all the way out as much as it is punching that knee through, driving our knee, digging our foot into the floor. You know, I like to say, you know, we're pushing the floor back. We're pushing the floor back. We're chasing our shoulders. And that's going to help us be be more explosive when we're moving. Where I was taught, hey, you want to get by somebody, take a big first step. And then I'm wondering why I'm working so hard and not getting by anybody. Um, another key piece is making sure that our, our body is in the driving line when I'm watching high school game film it's surprising how often I will see a guard or perimeter player dribble around the arc but their shoulder or their hip is facing the rim their body is not in the position to shoot it's not in the position to drive and they become a poor passer because they can really only see half the court because they're kind of facing the, the sideline, the crowd. And so if we can keep our hips more so on the rim, now it, it can allow us to see everything. It can allow us to get into a drive or a shot right away, depending on where the defense is. And if we do need to move laterally, we can still almost like an upright defensive slide. Right? I call the slide dribble. We're, we're, we're sliding laterally. Steph Curry does this probably better than anybody that I've seen because he's such a great shooter. And so he doesn't want to let that defender off the hook. So his lateral dribbles are almost always a, a slide dribble. That defender makes a little bit of a mistake. Boom, that shot's gone. So that, that's a big thing that kids can, can do better. Uh, the, the fourth one is a little more specific. You see this a ton at the NBA and college level, and that's called the pocket dribble. And what I mean by the pocket dribble is you think of a pound dribble that kind of goes straight up and down. Well, the pocket dribble is where you bring the basketball and it comes up and it comes back a little bit. Not so your hand's underneath the ball, your hand gets behind the ball, but it's easy when your hand gets behind the ball to now pass it, to drive it, or to get your second hand on the basketball and come up and shoot it. It also increases your ball in hand time. The longer the basketball is in your hand, the easier. It is for us to make a decision, and it's surprising how many athletes that will come in to a, to a camp that I'll have, and when the ball, as soon as the basketball gets in their hand, they dribble it again. As soon as it gets, and they're just dribbling, 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 and it's like, whoa, we, we need to slow and soak the basketball up a little bit. Boom. Then you can explode with the next dribble. Then you can soak it back up again, then explode with the next dribble. More purpose with the dribble, being able to increase ball and hand time by pocketing the ball and bring it back is very, very effective. All the high level players do it. And then the fifth mistake that I see a lot of players make is the false step, stepping backward before they go forward with the dribble. Now there's times where you would do this and it would make sense. um, But what I want to try to get our players to do is, if you can imagine you're standing with the basketball and you have a defender who's right in front of you, and you get into That back foot load. So you kind of get skinny. One foot is in front, one foot is behind, and you imagine that defender's in their wide stance, how difficult it's going to be for you to now attack right or left in a straight line because you've shrunk yourself down using your footwork. And so what I want you to think about is they're wide in their stance. I also want to be wide in my stance. And if I can start to push off the sides out the side, so I'm on the the ball of my foot, but I'm pushing laterally in order to gain some some momentum to go forward that's going to increase my driving line this is tough to explain on a podcast coach I'm trying try to I'm using my hands a lot um, but for an example Allen Iverson with the killer crossover take away whether you think that's a carry or not and just look at the footwork okay it's a side foot load he's stretching the dribble out let's say to his left He's really pushing and stepping with his left foot, and as that defender leans, he's not stepping backward and then deciding to go. He's pushing off that left foot and do a big cross step to drive to the right to get that foot coming all the way across his body. Being able to push laterally to the side is a great, very useful way as ball handlers that we can create some explosiveness to attack off the dribble. So I know that was long-winded. You have to forgive me because I've I get so excited about this stuff. I just want to break all the, all the pieces down. But we need to dribble it higher. We need to have a better acceleration with our footwork, with our knee drive. Um, we want to make sure that our hips are on the rim. Right? That's three. Four, pocket the dribble. And five, we don't always need a step backward. That's, that's wasted energy. That's wasted time. We can use other types of footwork to take space right away.
1: Oh, phenomenal stuff. I liked how you painted the picture, um, you know, with Allen Iverson, really, in my mind, like I was kind of wondering what you're talking about. I, since I've been to your camps, I remember. But no, it's great that you mentioned that killer crossover and, you know, painted the picture of how, how he does it and avoiding that false step. Um, and I, you know, I also like you went over the mistakes, but you went over every single way to fix those mistakes and what players should be doing um, in their ball handling. And the last thing you mentioned, which was one of the first, was um, how we talked about. I sent you a video on social media of somebody dribbling low. And if you get out there on social media, it doesn't matter what platform, there's going to be a trainer, a coach, a player, somebody showing just a million different drills. And they could be as complex as balancing on something while dribbling two basketballs and having something on your head. Um, now, you know, what's your advice to players um, to? And coaches, to kind of avoid that fluff and to avoid any common mistakes they're making when they're training their their ball handling skills.
0: You need to have the purpose, right? And so what we broke down, right? That should be we talked about the mistakes and the things that we need to do in a game to handle the basketball. If the majority of the work that you put in is focused on purpose, 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 now you're giving yourself a a foundation. Now, I talked about dribble and low, for example. It's not like we don't dribble low in our camps. I like to dribble low myself as a warm up. I get a lot of reps. I get my my hands feeling good, right? You you could do some low, but I know that's not going to be necessarily what I'm going to do in a game. I just know for my workout, it's a great way to warm up. And I think as athletes, we need to answer some of those basic questions: Are we covering? these important uh, topics in order to be successful in a game we can check those boxes and then maybe we can get to it from different ways that are fun for us are comfortable uh, for us then that's okay right whether that's dribbling two basketballs or you, you like to do a, a basketball and a tennis ball I know division one programs that use tennis balls I know other coaches that can't stand it right but it doesn't mean that that college team is using a tennis ball for an hour in their workout, what they're doing is using it as their warm-up. Like I've been to the workouts, I've seen it. They'll be the point guard of Division One school, and he's just, you know, working on his hand-eye coordination. He's dribbling the basketball, he's getting warmed up. Okay, then the tennis ball goes away, and he works out for the next 55 minutes. It needs to have a, a clear order of importance as far as what you're trying to accomplish when you're practicing. Before we get back to the podcast, we want to let you know that the Coach's Edge online platform is specifically designed to help your program succeed from the ground up. From PowerPoint presentations about culture to live video conference calls, focusing on five key areas, culture and program development, individual skill development, athletic development, strategies, X's and O's, as well as group drills and practice plans. These key areas can help build your program from the ground up, save you time, save you money, and lead to more success on and off the court. Back to the episode.
1: Yeah, a player's definitely got to answer the question of, why am I doing this? You know, what is the purpose? What's the why behind it? And I think you get back to that. And, you know, on, on the topic of ball handling and dribbling, um, like I mentioned to start the podcast, being able to attack the paint is a huge part of the game right now. The the Houston Rockets kind of changed that and it's trickling down as you want to get a layup or kick out for a three. Um, So what are your tips um, for any high school player out there, uh, any player out there listening, any coach out there listening of being able to get by the defender? Because you could be a great ball handler. You could have all the moves in the world, but if you can't get by anybody, it's just, you know, activity without achievement. You're just in the same spot. You got to be able to get by the defender, create that small advantage, and then hopefully you can turn it into a large advantage to help your team out on the offense. End. So what are some tips that you have to attack a defender, get by him?
0: I love this because we're, we're getting right into you know, the, the meat of it, the most important things that we can do to attack. Because as you said, everybody wants to attack. Three things that I break it down very simply uh, with, with our camps, with our coach, all of our players. Number one, we need to close the gap on that defensive player. And so what I mean by that is we need to get, and I I like to use the rule of approximately arm's length away as far as how I want to engage that defender, get into their space. So that when I take my first step, when I drop my shoulder, I'm attacking their foot, I'm attacking their hip, I'm getting into their stance. Oftentimes players may have great ball handling skill but they're using it so far away from the defender that it's not accomplishing anything, okay? So we want to close that gap first. The second thing that we want to do is attack tight. We want to attack tight in a position where our driving line is still to the rim. Oftentimes, even if a player has closed the gap on the defensive player, they don't attack tight enough. They attack at an angle, and it's easy for the defensive player to slide, and they get pushed out more towards the sideline we want to be able to attack that defender and get it, keep our hips on the rim. And so making sure we're attacking tight right there is key. And then the third one, which you know Chris Paul is great at this and many players are, but he's the best is once you've attacked tight, can you sever that defender's line to cut you off? And so if I've closed the gap, I've attacked tight, that defender's on my hip, now it's kind of 50-50, right? And so it's about how we finish that. If I can try to veer back in front of that defensive player, whether it's, uh, say, a full court press, I'm playing against somebody who's quicker than me. Okay, I've attacked tight. Now can I veer back in front of them? Now I can slow down. I can speed up. I can go right, left, forward, whatever I need to do because I've used my body, shoulder, feet to try to get back in front of that defensive player. And That concept applies to finishing as well. Can we get back in front of that defender before we've actually gone to the rim? Now I've taken one of the defenders out. I might get it over the back foul as I go up for the finish. And so those are the three things that I like to break it down for, whether it's off the dribble, um, finishing at the rim, attack, close the gap, then attack tight, and then try to sever that defender's line.
1: Great stuff! Like I'm definitely gonna have to listen to this over because these are just you know nuggets that you're throwing out. Um, while you were talking and while we were kind of on that topic of that, that question of being able to attack, I believe you have a story. Uh, you told me it was Coach Bone. You you can oh, tell yeah, the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: good question. Go all um, right. so this was this was funny. I was when I was teaching and uh, coaching back at USA, our assistant uh, high school coach. Uh, and he was my assistant coach as well coach Steve Bone he comes into my classroom and we were talking about basketball it was basketball season we were getting ready for practice later that day he said Steve when you were in high school we could have thrown the entire five guys from the other team in the classroom giving you a basketball they still wouldn't have been able to take the basketball from you You your your ball handling skills were were that good said but you weren't necessarily going to break them down and, and blow by them. And what we were talking about is, one, how much better I got at actually attacking as I, as I got older into college and playing overseas. But a big part of that was I was practicing the wrong way when I was in high school and I was taught some things that didn't necessarily help me be able to be more explosive with my footwork, body positioning. We've talked about those things. And so it's very important as uh, an athlete that we're, we're not simply, I worked on my ball handling today, five minutes stationary, I didn't go anywhere. Right? We've talked about how we can attack better. We've talked about some of the footwork, but this needs to be practiced, right? Um, and so it's really important that we go in a, a series of progressions that lead up to actual gameplay And Coach, you've been to our camps, we go live, we go against contact, we also spend a bunch of time trying to work on our stance. And I heard this from Alan Stein a, a while ago, and he was talking about developing athletes. And he talked about the importance of building a foundation with an athlete, the, the stance, they're strong in their stance, being able to get the athlete to be explosive in their movement, being able to get them to be efficient with their change in direction. And then the fourth one was getting them comfortable and strong enough to be able to handle the contact while they're doing those things. right? And now that's really game play. And so that's a big part of how we layer and progress through our camps. And after doing more research and studying, you know, I found that if, if players can learn to hold a position first, that can be really beneficial as, as just kind of an isometric hold exercise to improve uh, their, their strength. And also, because they're improving their strength in a basketball position, it can also reduce some injury. And so, being able to to build our athletes from okay, we have this foundation. Now let's learn how to properly move out of it, change direction out of it. We'll give them some contact. And then again, you you'll add in decision making. Now it's very game like, but you know you're piecing things together for them.
1: Two things I want to highlight. Um, one is Coach Bona, definitely a wise man, and that's why USA Basketball's had some success as, him, as an assistant. And it makes a lot of sense that, you know, we all know we've coached somebody that can just handle the basketball, but they don't go anywhere with it. And you got to have purpose, and you you got to be able to achieve what you're trying to achieve, which is one of those five things you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. And the second thing you talked about is we could probably do a whole podcast on them um, stationary ball handling, um, you know, the benefits, uh, the pros and the cons. But one thing you're talking about is building that foundation and both players and coaches can definitely buy into, I'm not only working on my ball handling, but I'm becoming, you know, more athletic, be more explosive by being able to stay in this stance. Um, So I just wanted to highlight that because I think that that's great stuff. And that's stuff that our listeners definitely uh, need to hear and will benefit from um, but let's switch, back, ge- switch gears back to attacking. So we, we were talking about attacking. And what are some of Coach Kramer's um, tips and moves, favorite moves when attacking a defender off the dribble?
0: All right. So you're not going to hear any special three crazy drill combo from me. Okay. You're, you're going to hear two variations. Okay. Everything comes down to two variations. I can freeze my defender or I can shift my defender, right? And so when I break it down to two categories to try to attack the basket, things become very simple. And then it becomes a little bit more about what are the things that I'm successful with and I'm comfortable with that kind of fit my game and my style. So what I mean by freezing my defender, and I'll give you some examples. The Tim Hardaway Killer Cross, we're going back in time a little bit, but if you YouTube for our younger listeners, Tim Hardaway Killer Cross, he would come up on somebody, stop, go between the legs, cross over, boom, and then go again, and he's gone. And his ability to freeze the defender with a change of direction move and be able to stop and go faster than that defender could stop and go, left the defense in the dust. It just, it just froze him, and then boom, he's gone. Uh, another example, one of the quickest players I've ever played with or against was a teammate of mine overseas, played for Dayton. And Rob Lowry, he would come up. He would pop, pop two times between his legs, and then he would go again. And his his stop and go was faster than anybody else else's stop and go. There wasn't any shift to it. It was just hard, stop, change of direction to, to occupy that defender, make him think, and then, boom, they're going again. Now, being able to shift the defense is different. We talked about Iverson. Now, Iverson, he's one of the toughest guards ever. He could do it all, right? But what made him – most popular was the crossover that was a shift crossover right being able to stretch the basketball out really really wide being able to take a a lateral step and as that defensive player they don't freeze they move they shift they see that basketball come out wide now they start to lean or step in that direction and then boom there's the crossover you're gone ankles are broken right and so that was a shift. Steph Curry's really good at, at the shift. He used it a little bit differently because he's trying to shift often to create an angle to shoot it, right? But you see his hips are on the rim and he really has a good, what I like to call outside hip dribbles back hip dribbles. And he's moving laterally. And for me, um, it was really important that I had both of these skills and I understood the situation. And so I'm saying this because I know there's somebody listening who if they apply, the situation with being able to freeze or shift the defender, you're going to be more successful. Okay. So I'll give you an example. When I was playing basketball in Europe, I was not as quick or as athletic or anything as the majority of the players that were guarding me. And so I knew in a half court set, if if the shot clock was running down and, and I had it with six, seven seconds left, I had to create something. Okay. That defender's locked in. They're in a good position. I had to be able to, figure out how I can shift that defender to try to create an angle so that I could get something good, shot, pass, drive, whatever it was, because I wasn't as explosive enough to just pop and go by somebody. Okay? It wasn't going to happen. So if I had, a, let's say, a bigger player on me, six-seven, but maybe they weren't quite as slow, I could shift that defender where I'm moving laterally, and if they're not quite as quick to move laterally, now I got a new driving angle, and then I can punch it through. And if I was playing against a more athletic player, I know they're probably going to beat me to the spot anyway. So my ability to, to take a lateral dribble to step outside and shift that quicker defender to beat me to the spot, now I can get into a crossover between the legs and getting to a driving angle. Whereas if I only went crossover between the legs without trying to shift that defender first, I wouldn't have gotten anywhere. Okay, so, so that really, really helped me. However, there are times where the freeze is very, very effective, okay? So even if you're a slower player like I was, I knew if I was attacking in a semi-transition, semi-break, maybe it's a, a three-on-three, everybody's just kind of slowly getting back, but I was coming up on my defender. The, the, it wasn't a five-on-five half court yet. I had a little bit of momentum, okay? So when I have a little bit of momentum, that defender is probably in a slight, slight backpedal. So from there, I could try to freeze them, right? They're already slightly backpedal. I can shoot a little bit. So being able to come up and say an in and out crossover, in and out, great to freeze the defender. And then I can go or I can cross over and get all the way to the basket was really, really effective. So not only understanding being able to freeze or shift, but understanding the situations in a game that can be uh, best used for you to be successful are very very important as well. So uh, if I had to give you a couple actual moves that I think are really effective, the between-legs cross is great to freeze a defender and then go. It's also a great move to to try to shift that defender and go, which is one of the reasons why I like it. And the same thing for an in-and-out into a crossover dribble. In-and-out's tight. In-and-out might be my favorite dribble, okay, if you're going to practice something because The ball doesn't switch hands it's still in the same hand a lot of times you can use an in and out dribble to replace a basic up and down pound dribble so you're not really dribbling it extra by using the in and out low likelihood of turning the basketball over but still you can really fake a defensive player out or freeze them using the in and out so being able to attack a defender quick in and out crossover can be used as a freeze or I can go slow in and out, stretch my dribble out laterally, and as that defender starts to shift with my in and out, boom! Then I can add the crossover, and go the other way. So that's a little bit of how I like to break down getting by a defensive player.
1: And as a coach, I love it because it simplifies. Um, it simplifies moves into: do you freeze them? Do you shift them? And then you can build up uh, your repertoire and have players practice that, and then. In your offense, you can ask a player, you know, how would you try to get by the defender? And did you shift them? Did you move them? What should you have done? And maybe they'll recognize, well, I probably should have, you know, like you said, in that that situation where there was numbers, there was transition, I probably should have froze them. Um, um, If it's maybe half court setting and the defense already set up, maybe you should have shifted them. So it helps the players understand. Not that, you know, you should have done this move and inside out behind the back. It's no, you did you freeze them or did you shift them and you simplified it. And I think as a coach um, listening, I'm definitely going to apply that uh, to my offense or any player. Just understanding I need to have moves that are going to be able to shift the defense. I need to have moves that are going to be able to freeze the defense. And ultimately, my goal is to get by the defender um, and attack. Um, So you know, from this has been great stuff, honestly. Um, I've taken a lot from this. I'm gonna have to re listen to it, and I, I know the listeners out there will, will benefit from this today. Um, is there anything else you have uh, burning um, on ball handling on attacking?
0: Uh, to touch on the last subject, when you talked about shifting the defender, um, the shift doesn't always have to be side to side, it, it also could be forward and back. Or you can shift the defender anyway. Um, like if I create separation, and then I'm, I'm hesitating. I've, I can shift that defender to come at me because I think I'm going to shoot it. And then that can give me an opportunity to drive. So being able to shift that defender, it could be moving them in any way. Um, and then the last thing that I'll leave you with is, you know, as a, as a ball handler, you want to be able to take space. You want to be able to keep space. And you want to be able to create space. And that's another simple way that as a coach or as a basketball player, we can think about the purpose of what we're doing. Am I doing one of those three things? Am I, am I keeping my space, right? I'm trying to hold a position and protect the ball while my teammates get set up. I'm waiting for a ball screen to come. Am I creating separation because that defender is tight? I need to create space to avoid the five-second call. I need to create space so now I can try to break down my defender again and attack, right? or take spaces, which is what we've talked about the most, which we're talking about closing the gap, attacking tight, severing the line. If we're accomplishing any of those three things, generally we're gonna have great purpose handling the basketball.
1: Oh, great stuff. Um, Thanks, thanks for sharing the knowledge. Um, And hopefully everyone benefits, like I just benefit from that last half an hour of listening to Coach Kramer on attacking, on mistakes, on ball handlers make. Um, So great stuff. And uh, thanks for sharing it with us this morning, Coach.
0: Thanks again, Coach. Good after today. Thank you for checking out this episode on ball handling. If you found it beneficial, please share it with one other person. And don't forget to leave a rating and a review. That goes a really long way as we try to expand the coach's edge. And if you're interested in... Our online coaching membership. You can find us at Coaches Edge One on Twitter. or You can contact me directly. Contact at CramerBasketball.com. Thanks again. You get after it today.